Okay, you could start whenever. Welcome back to another episode of the Born Again Again podcast. So today's episode is going to be different from anything else that Katie and I have put out so far. Um, For any of you who haven't been following along, most of the other episodes on our show are about our journey away from our Christian faith and all the issues and experiences that kind of come along with that. So if you haven't listened before and you're curious about the reasons why my wife Katie and I left Christianity and became atheists, I would suggest heading all the way back to episode one to get a clearer picture of kind of where I'm coming from as I have this conversation today. So a few weeks back, I posted a request on my personal Facebook account asking if there were any Christians out there who would be interested in having a conversation with me for a podcast. Um, In the post, I specified that this won't be a debate or a me versus you kind of thing, just a chill, open-minded, friendly chat to ask questions and explore each other's beliefs. Um, Although a lot of my Facebook friends are old church acquaintances and family who are Christians, I really wasn't sure what the response to that post would be. I know when I was a Christian, I wasn't really looking to get into confronting conversations with atheists, um, but I thought I'd post the question anyways and just see what happened. Surprisingly, I got a lot of people who wanted to talk, and what you are about to listen to is the first of these conversations that I've had so far. My first Christian guest is Matt. I originally met Matt because we were both a part of the same church in Wisconsin, and then we began working together and since have become just longtime friends. Even though I disagree with Matt's Christian beliefs, I've always really enjoyed the conversations that we've had through the years, especially about kind of charged topics, and so I thought he'd be perfect for a little chat today. Again, this isn't a like a gotcha kind of debate. It's just a real-time, honest conversation between two people. Um, We're not experts. Neither of us are ex- I'm not an expert in atheism, and he's not an expert in Christianity. We're just two real people having a real conversation and asking real questions. Um, My hope is that this conversation can be helpful for those of you who are kind of nervous about having similar talks with Christian friends or family members in your life. As I listened back to the talk when I was editing it, there were so many things that I wish I would have said differently, or questions I wish I would have asked, or things Matt said that I wish I would have gotten clarification on. Um, But you know what? This is all a learning process, and I'm better prepared for next time. It was actually interesting when I sent the convo to Matt um, before posting it just so he could listen through it. The first thing he said back to me was, man, it's brutal hearing myself talk. I can relate to that. So like I said, we're real people having a real conversation. Um, so just keep that in mind. We're, we're practicing here. Practice makes perfect, I hope. Um, my personal goal would be to be able to have these types of conversations while presenting my views fully and clearly without kind of hiding anything, while at the same time still being respectful of my conversation partner's views. So if you love what we're doing, um, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can come and join our community on Facebook or follow us on Instagram. Or you can find us on Patreon, where you'll find additional episodes and you can join up with our book club. Actually, last week, Katie and I released a Patreon episode where we dissected the bizarre Christian parenting book that I was raised on called Growing Kids God's Way. So if you're into that type of thing, you should head over there and check that out. And lastly, before we get into it, um, being that this is the first time doing this type of 
of episode, I would really love your feedback. Is this type of dialogue helpful? What was frustrating? What had you squirming? Were there any questions that I should have asked? Are there any obvious blind spots in mine or Matt's views? Um, so yeah, just keep those things in mind as you listen through and love if you left a comment or sent us a message or an email with your thoughts. Enjoy. Well, I feel like a decent place to start would be just asking, were you like nervous for this at all? Because I know personally, I, I had some nerves about it. Yeah. And I was just curious, why do you think that, why do you think that is like, why is, why does this scenario tend to be a nerve wracking one for both parties? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's a great question. And, you know, I, I think that, um, I mean, the, the answer is definitely yes. Like mm -hmm. definitely, definitely nervous thinking about it. Um, you know, when you initially, when you initially asked me, um, my initial response was excitement. Cause I love, I love having these conversations with you. Like yeah. I really, you know, we've had the opportunity to, to talk about these things, um, in many different scenarios, both, both when, you know, when you were part of the church and, and afterwards, you know, mm -hmm. we've, we've always been able to have really good, uh, conversations around, um, what can be hot topic issues. So I was excited about that. Um, then as I thought about, you know, people, people listening who, you know, don't, don't know me and ju just mm -hmm. having a bunch of kind of, um, I don't know, flies on the wall or wh whatever you want to call yeah. it. Just people kind of outside of our relationship, outside of the conversation listening. Um, it, uh, you know, I've, I've never really done that before. So it, it kind of, I, I think, I think it's just mainly the unknown that, <laughs> yeah. that makes me nervous because I, I do, especially around sensitive topics or disagreements or anything like that. Um, I like to really approach them relationally mm -hmm. because I, I think there's such a potential for, um, for misunderstanding and, you know, people hearing a, a phrase and then immediately kind of categorizing where you stand on something or, you, you know, so I, you know, whether it's politics or, or yeah. I mean, politics is the biggest one right now because we're in an election year and totally things, you know, you know how those things go. So um, I like to approach those conversations relationally because I, I think that's the best way to make sure that real communication happens and that I'm able to, to, make sure that the message that people are hearing is the one that I'm actually <laughs> putting across. Right. So, so yeah. the idea of a bunch of people listening without me being able to interact with them and know them, um, it is, makes me a little nervous. Plus the, the topics where we may be talking about are, are pretty important topics. So, yeah. so even more so, I don't want people to misunderstand what I'm saying, but, uh, but yeah, so, so yeah. nervous, but I, I think there's, more excitement than nervousness. Cause like I said, I love, love talking with you about these things. Yeah. I, I feel the same. I, there's like, there's always a little bit of a sense of nerve when, you know, if we're recording a podcast, just Katie and I, and you know, it's, it's not like between two opposing opinions necessarily. Um, I still get a little bit nervous for that. Cause it is weird to think that you're kind of putting like emptying the contents of your mind out into the ether and then everyone can just sit there right. and look at it and think about it and analyze it and all that. Um, but I think one thing that helps me like get rid of that fear a little bit is kind of just setting the context for who we are. And so obviously all of the people who are listening know Katie and I really well and know that we're not like 
scholars in this area or any kind of authority figure in this. We're just simply like sure. sharing the contents of our mind as just people. Um, right. So I wanted to address that here as well as that, like Matt, you and I, neither of us are like scholars in this area. You know, we're not, right. not authority figures on this. We're just trying to figure things out and just having conversations as two regular people. Um, and of course we're both going to have shortcomings and both going to have, uh, things that we overlook or, or perspectives that are, you know, don't encompass everyone else's perspective. So bear that in mind right. as you're listening. We're just, just two people trying to figure it out and having conversations and trying to do it the best way possible. So, yeah, a- absolutely. And I, I think the other thing too, is like, um, uh, another big shortfall on the, in this type of, um, uh, what's the word? This type of medium can is sensitivity, right? And that's mm-hmm. that's part of relationship. As I know, um, I know you, and I know with with certain things, I'm gonna try try to be more sensitive and, and help you understand where I'm coming from. And you know, so um, I definitely, I'm sure I'll come across insensitive as times because that's kind of <laughs> my normal bent. I'm more <laughs> of a you know, I, I like to things think things through rationale and logic, and sometimes I accidentally step on feelings, but, uh, that's, that's, and I'm, I'm, I trust that I won't do that with you for the reasons I, I just said, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if, if there's, there's any listeners that are, um, you know, take offense to something I said, that's definitely not my intent. And totally. I, I think you, you know, me, you know, you know that, but, uh, right. It can be hard for people who, who don't. So. Yeah, definitely. So for a little more context, Matt and I have been friends for a long time, like probably, eight years or something now at this point. Um, and we actually work together. So I've worked for Matt for a long time as a full-time employee. And now I'm doing some contract work for him, which I know that when people hear that, they're probably like, Joe, that is not a good idea to be like talking with the person who you're working for about this kind of stuff. So we'll see. I was joking with Matt before the call that if this doesn't go well, then you can fire me immediately. Yeah. So if in a couple of weeks, I'm begging everyone listening to send their web development leads my way, then maybe something <laughs> went bad. <laughs> no, I'm Absolutely. kidding. I'm kidding. But yeah, we've, we've had so many good conversations. Like you mentioned, I feel like we're able to have good conversations about like difficult topics and able to talk through things um, and try to focus on like reason and logic and all that. And um, yeah, I've just really appreciated our our conversations about politics and abortion and, and social issues and all of that in the past. And so I was super excited when you responded to my message and said that you're willing to talk. Cause I feel like you really are like the perfect, perfect person to talk to about this stuff. Well, thanks. Yeah, Joe. yeah absolutely. Um, so I guess one place that we could start is I I'm, Oh, and I wanted to mention too, my kind of goal for this is that we could both be just like totally honest and and try not to worry about hurting each other's feelings too much. Because obviously there's sensitive topics and I know these things are like really important to both of us, but I, as much as we can, I'd love to kind of try to set our egos aside and just have, you know, an op- totally open dialogue um, both ways. So that's not to say I'd think we should be extra mean to each other, but just that don't worry too much about hurting my feelings, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, all right. Well, well, here it goes. All right. Nice. <laughs> um, but I thought an interesting place to start would be, I'm, I'm curious if you're willing to share kind of what you thought when you first heard that I was leaving the church and, you know, that the podcast was coming out and all of that, because I'm sure that wasn't like an easy or nice thing to find out about. I'm just curious, you know, what your thoughts were about it. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great question. Um, you know, I was, um, 
I was definitely, uh, I was surprised, Mm -hmm. you know, surprise was definitely one of my feelings. Um, in some ways I was disappointed, not, not in the sense of like, Oh, I'm so disappointed in you as a person, but just, just disappointed because, you know, I think we, um, we, as you mentioned, we've, we've had a friendship for a long time and a Mm -hmm. lot of, a lot of the things we discussed and a lot of encouragements and things were around, um, around our, um, you know, place in the church and our faith yeah. and, and all of that. So it was, it, it was, it was kind of hard for me. And it also, it, it caused me, um, it, it caused me to, to question my faith in a sense of, you know, man, if, if, because, you know, the, the, the whole, um, if, if you want to, you know, some people refer to it as deconversion, mm-hmm. um, thing is is um has been a thing you know there there been a uh it it seems like a lot of people lately that these past couple years that that it's it feels more prominent i don't i don't know if we're just hearing more stories than we previously Mm -hmm. did or or if there's more prominent so um and a lot of those people you know i don't i don't know personally but with you obviously we we were, we've been close for a while. And, sure. um, so, so it was kind of tough to, for me to, uh, reconcile that even with my own belief and my own faith. So it actually, um, there was you and there, there were a couple other situations, not, not the exact same type of situations, but just relationships I had had with Christians that, um, with, with a couple different Christians that, uh, went, went unexpected, uh, directions, um, and it just kind of threw me into this, like, man, what is going on? Like, what is life? You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, what, what is, what is faith? Um, am I, am I wrong about everything I believe? You know, it sure. kind of threw me into that. And it was probably, I don't remember the exact time frame, but it was probably somewhere between, I don't know, nine and 15 months period where I, I kind of walked through that. And, wow. um, you know, I, I, I've never, I've never been comfortable with the concept of, uh, blind faith. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't think the Bible calls anyone to have blind faith. Um, it's, uh, it, it, it calls people to have faith. Um, but I believe it's supposed to be a knowledgeable, reasonable faith. Yeah. So, so this was no exception. So it kind of started me on this journey of, of, um, which, which I've been through a couple times in my life, but a journey of questioning why I believe what I believe, um, is what I believe reasonable, you know, has, has, has the wool just been pulled over my eyes and, mm-hmm. and have I been indoctrinated? Did I just grow up in this? You know, it kind of set me out on this journey, um, which in the end, um, you know, for, for a while it felt very uncertain. And, you know, some of the, I've, I've, I haven't listened to all of, um, your born again, again, podcasts, mm-hmm. but uh, I've listened to a handful of them. And, and through that period, I can, I can definitely empathize with, some of the feelings you've described of uncertainty and, and questioning and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, but in the end, um, it, it ended up, um, you know, strengthening my faith to, to be honest. And I'm, I'm glad I, 
I went through through that journey. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I guess that's kind of a long-winded answer, but <laughs> no, that's great. Know, that's, I, I think that answers your question. Definitely, uh, I feel like honored in a way that you know my like my leaving the faith kind of caused you to have some of those feelings because I feel like it means in a way that you do respect you know my logic and the way oh, we totally. talked about things. Mm-hmm. I think because um, yeah, it's I think it's we've had varying responses from people when we left the faith, and some people are similar to you where it's like been a little bit hard and it's caused them to question things and talk about things. And there's other people who've basically been like, well, they're like, they're just dumb, you know, or like, or (laughs) or the devil just got them and you know, whatever, and Mm -hmm. just kind of write it off and kind of write off. Well, I guess they weren't really true Christians after all. Um, So anyways, yeah, I feel like honored, I guess that, yeah, that it feels like respectful that it caused you to think through those things, you know? Um, so, so you went through a like, period of questioning, which I'm sure you've done multiple times in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you feel like, are there a few things that are kind of like key pillars that cause you to say like, no, I, I believe without a doubt that, you know, Jesus who is, who he says he is and the Bible's true and all that. Sure. Sure. And may, maybe it would, um, maybe it would help to, before I answer that question mm-hmm. to kind of frame up, um, something about myself and what I mean when I say certain things. Um, I'm, I'm very, I think different, different people have different. And I, and I think this is a conversation me and you had Joe. And one of the reasons we get along so well, cause I, I think you're somewhat similar to me in this area, but um, different people have different thresholds of um, what they need in order to feel comfortable being a hundred percent confident about mm. something and standing yeah. firm on something. And my threshold is I've found through my life higher than a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, Meaning you need, you need more, like more proof or whatever to be a hundred percent certain of something. Yeah. You know, if, if there's, so, so here, here's an example. Um, Am I a hundred percent certain that my life, uh, uh, that I'm not in a coma right now and that my entire life has just been a construct of my imagination and that mm-hmm. I'm going to wake up and none of this is real. Mm-hmm. I can't say that with a hundred percent certainty. Sure. Um, there's a possibility that that's the case or that we're living in the matrix and we're all, you, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there, there's, there's no way I could be 100% confident about that. Because thinking through my perspective, and if that were the case, how things would be playing out, um, I can't say that with 100%. I'm not comfortable saying that with 100% certainty. Now, is it reasonable for me to believe that I'm not living in the matrix and that my life isn't a construct of my imagination? Mm -hmm. I think it's extremely reasonable. And I'm confident enough in that that I'm willing to live my life as if it is reality. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> totally. so, so, um, in the same way, I think in, if, if I stray from your original question, let me know. But, um, I think what I walked away from that whole journey with is that my faith is an extremely reasonable faith Okay. that, um, you know, I, is it, I, I am, I am very confident that 
what I believe is true and reality. Um, I'm, I'm very confident in that. Mm -hmm. Could, could I be wrong about it? Um, in, in the same way that I just described the threshold of certainty to you, mm -hmm. I, I think it would un be unfair for me to say that I couldn't be wrong about it. Yeah. Could I be, could I be misunderstanding something? Could, could I be, um, you know, I, I, I don't think it would be fair for me to, to say that I, I couldn't be wrong about what I believe. I, yeah. I think that would be, be placing too much confidence in myself and my own ability to, perceive and understand reality. Yeah. Um, but what I really walked away from that journey with is that what I believe is extremely reasonable. And in my opinion, it's by far the most likely explanation of reality that, that I've come across. Okay. Now, now my faith goes beyond that. I don't just believe because I've put all the numbers together and mm -hmm. this is where the percentages lie, you know, there's a 35% chance this is true and everything else is 30 or below. So I'm going to believe this. Yeah. No, not at all. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm speaking from a purely logical, rational standpoint. And I, and I think, I think because that's the way my mind works, that's especially when I'm analyzing things and trying to decide on something. Um, that's really what I fall to. So, so walking away from the journey knowing that my faith is a reasonable faith and knowing that the things I believe are very reasonable, um, was very comforting to me. Yeah. Now, now my faith does go far beyond that. Again, it's not just hold card, excuse me, cold, hard logic mm -hmm. and numbers. And, and I, I think, you know, that, mm -hmm. um, uh, and I, I truly believe what I believe so much so that I've staked my entire life on it. Sure. Um, you know, Paul, Paul even said in scripture that if, you know, I believe he was talking about the resurrection, but he said, if the resurrection didn't happen, you know, we Christians are above all people to be pitied. Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I've, I've pushed in all my chips on, uh, on this belief. So there's more to it than cold, hard reason and logic, but, but that specifically the idea that my faith and my beliefs are extremely reasonable is, is the biggest thing that I walked away from the, mm -hmm. from the journey with. That makes sense. Okay, cool. Is there, do you feel like there's any, anything specifically that you felt like you could kind of point to as like, here's this one thing that I feel like makes, makes Christianity seem more reasonable than other worldviews or than, you know, atheism or, or some other explanation? Sure. Sure. And more, more than one aspect that might be more helpful to talk about it more holistically mm -hmm. that I, that I think the idea that God created everything that he, um, he revealed himself to the world in some ways through creation in different ways, but more specifically through the writing of scriptures and the, the sending of his son, Jesus, and then looking at the universe through the lens of scripture and what it teaches, the way it explains life, it's, it's answers holistically seems um, very reasonable as far mm -hmm. as like, 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 for example, um, um, a lot of worldviews um, 
have have a foundational belief that everyone is at their core good mm-hmm. and that only once that good is corrupted do, is there any sort of 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 evil or or anything like that yeah um, any any missteps or uh, harm or you, you know what i mean mm-hmm. um whereas the bible teaches that everyone is inherently bad um and that it's only by outside intervention that that any true good would come of that mm-hmm. so so that's that's just one example where as i as i look at the world and i i look at how how things tend to play out um it 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 seems pretty reasonable to me the assertion that people are um at at their core um evil and that when i say people i'm including myself in that i'm talking mm-hmm. about all all people um rather rather than good mm-hmm. okay so that that would be one one of the like big pillars where you feel like the bible describes the world more accurately in a way than a lot of these other worldviews sure okay mm-hmm. yeah i think um i I t- totally was on board with that as well. When I was a Christian, you know, the fact that man is born evil and like look around at the world and it seems obvious in some ways that yeah, definitely man is evil. But I think as I've come out of it, I've, I've changed my view on that a bit for a few different reasons. One being I, I've, the world is better by a lot of metrics than it's ever been in terms of like health and poverty and lifespan and, you know, children being born successfully and all of that. Um, which doesn't necessarily mean that the heart of man isn't evil, but I have, I have felt like maybe shifting my perspective on seeing people as inherently evil and kind of needing an outside influence to, to make them good from that worldview to assuming that everyone is good by nature, or at least let's just say neutral by nature has been one of the most significant and like <clears throat> life-giving perspective shifts I've gone through. Um, and it's, it's just interesting hearing you say that, I think, because I've, for me, that's one of the main, I guess, problems I have with Christianity is the fact that it sure. kind of paints everyone as like, you're bad on your own. Um, and you're only good if this one God approves of you, you know, however, mm-hmm. whatever means that sure, takes to get sure. there. Um, yeah. so yeah, I think that's, that's actually something I have, uh, kind of an issue with, you know, in Christianity sure. is one of the things that was really hard for me when I was leaving. Um, yeah. 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 And that's, uh, I, I assume, well, I, I don't know if, if that's something you want to get into now, or if you want to kind of finish this conversation, but I, I hope we have a chance to, to talk some more about that. Yeah. And we can, I, I'd be happy to, um, okay. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts on it right off the bat? Yeah. Do you, is, is there any, um, you know, cause obviously that the, the whole, um, discussion of, of, uh, um, is, is man inherently good or evil is a big conversation. Is there anything else you wanted to talk yeah. about, um, okay. regarding our previous conversation first? Um, well, maybe we can just narrow it down a little bit into more of an example, I guess. So let me, let me explain, I guess one of the, big issues I have um, that kind of fits into that is like bringing up a child, for instance. So I was raised Christian just like you Mm -hmm. were, and I was taught about the existence of hell and my need for salvation when I was seven or eight and, you know, gave my life to Christ then. And looking back on that, 
I can say f- for myself, and I, I think a lot of people have felt this as well, that it can almost feel abusive to teach, to take a child who's, you know, some people think a child is this pure, like blank slate, so to speak. Sure, and, sure. And say to them, you are inherently evil and essentially deserve eternal damnation through no fault of your own. But like God set up, God set up the system so that the moment you come out of your mom's womb without asking to be born, you are deserving of eternal punishment and torture because you're like, you're not good enough to get with God essentially. But then there's the good news that all you have to do is, you know, dedicate your life to God and then he'll come and save you. Um, And so I felt like I had really good self-worth when I was Christian and I I like really did stand by that. And I felt like a lot of comfort and like internal pride standing with God and knowing that I was one of, I was a Christian. But looking back on it now, I I do really resent the fact that I was taught that as a child. And I, I, I have a problem with kids, for instance, being told that they're inherently flawed. And I think when you take, when you take that and if you extrapolate it out through the whole human population and think, you know, what, what does this do, do to humanity, to so- society at large by raising people thinking that there, there's something inherently wrong with them through no fault sure. of their own, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that's, yeah. that's an issue for me. Yeah. And I'm just curious what yeah. you think about that. Sure. Sure. And, and, um, but hopefully we can come back to some of those statements because the way, the way that you expressed it doesn't exactly line up with, with what I believe about okay. it. But, but first to, to answer, answer your more broad question of, of abuse. Um, I 100% agree that that is abuse if it's not true. Mm-hmm. So if, if, if you're right, if we all start out good or neutral and kids are raised to believe that they're inherently evil, mm-hmm. I, I think that that could qualify as abuse. Yeah. But if it's if, if it's true, if if they are evil, I you could say that it would be abuse not to teach them. Sure. That, yeah, that's right? true. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So does that play into like you were saying with your faith, maybe would you say you're you're not 100% sure about your faith? I mean, I know it's hard to kind of put it into a metric, but Yeah. I I'll I'll, I'll say this. I'm as sure of my faith as I am of anything. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So then that makes sense that if you, if you're operating from that. So, so most, worldview. most people would call that 100%. Yeah. Right. Okay. So if you're operating from that worldview, then I totally get what you're saying to not teach your children what you believe would be abusive because you're in your mind, you're sure. essentially sending them or allowing them to go down a path of potentially destruction. Sure. And, and would, would you agree with that, that if they were, I mean, even, even the rest of Christianity aside, if it were true that they were evil, do you, do you agree that it's not abusive, but maybe abusive not to teach them that? Yeah. Yeah. I think if that, if, if that's true, then that is definitely the right thing to do. Of course. Right. I think where I struggle is that if I'm not absolutely 100% sure that it is true, I'm seeing how like how big the potential downsides of believing that and it not being true are you know what i mean yeah, and so I can being, understand that. yeah being on the, the other side of things it it feels like it's not worth the risk to me you know because sure. because of how difficult it is to kind of unlearn that later in life if if potentially a child were to down the road 
take a different path or whatever it might be, you know? Sure. Yeah. And I, and I think, um, you know, one other note about that too, if, and I, 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 I trust we'll get to talk more about, about evil. And, you know, I, I think, I think I can better explain what, what I mean by that. Um, but if it is, if, if it is true that we are as, as people inherently anti-God, mm-hmm. um, and inherently, uh, justly condemned. And if there is a way out of that, um, if there is forgiveness to be had, um, you know, there's, there's no way anyone believing that would not teach that to their kids. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, it would be like, like you said, if, if those, if those items are true, then it would be abusive not to teach them. <laughs> right. That, you know? So. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I mean, that's, and that's another reason why I, I, don't feel like any resentment from my family for the way they brought sure. me up or anything like that, because exactly like you said, they're doing the best they can. And like, of course, in that worldview, you need to teach your child this because it's literally the most important thing in the world. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I really, I can't like fault anyone for that, even if I may not agree with, you know, with the, that worldview. Sure. Um, well, maybe uh, I wanted to touch on belief a little bit more. So, cause there's, in my case, I, I feel like I'm at a point right now where even if I wanted to believe in God, I like, I can't bring myself there. You know, sure. I, I, I can't trick myself. And there was a quote and I'm not, this probably isn't an exact quote, but it was something like to believe is to know that you believe and to know that you believe is to not believe. Can you repeat that? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> To believe is to know that you believe and to know that you believe is to not believe, which the way I kind of take that is that if I, if I were to say today, you know, I want to be a Christian, I want to put my faith in Jesus again, um, which there's, I feel like there's maybe questions on whether or not I could even come back to faith, but I, uh, I wouldn't be very conscious of the fact that I made a decision to believe again. And just the fact that I had to decide, okay, I'm going to believe this means that I don't inherently believe it because if I inherently believed it, I wouldn't even have to, I wouldn't have to talk about that. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I I think so. And I I think, and I I hadn't heard that phrase, so I'm just kind of processing it on the fly here, but um, it's, you know, some of, you know, you you could say that's kind of a, a, it's, it's part of deconstructionism, right? Kind of, kind of taking apart what, um, what we think we know about things and, mm-hmm. and kind of deconstructing that, which, which can, can really be a good thing. But it, so it makes sense philosophically, but if you think about it practically, um, it, it, it feels like it falls apart pretty fast. Cause if you say, cause, cause it's essentially saying that belief is impossible, but, we, we, we believe things every day, right? When I sat down in this chair, I believed it was going to hold me up. When you, when you said, um, you wanted to have me on the podcast and we were going to talk as friends, I, mm-hmm. I believe, you know, I mean, we, we live our life. I mean, there's, we make this decisions to de- thousands of things every day. And I, I think part of it too, goes back to the, 
it's kind of questioning the, the threshold of confidence that we were talking about mm-hmm. before. And, and that's, that's where, and I, I'm, I'm almost reluctant to talk about it because it, it, it feels like it's been used um, in these type of conversations ad, ad nauseum, but I'm, I'm not sure how to, how, how not to at least mention it, but the, the idea of faith, right? Mm-hmm. So e- even, um, you know, I, I think the assumption is that Christians choose to have faith instead of believing facts. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I, th- I think there's, uh, and I, and I don't know if, if you would fall into that camp or not, but, it, but there's, there's clearly a lot of people who would, who would ascribe to something like that. Um, but really every belief, whether it's believing the chair is going to hold me up or believing you're going to be on the other end of this phone call or, mm-hmm. you know, everything we believe requires at least some amount of faith. Right. So, um, or, or trust. I mean, that's, that's what, that's what faith is. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to, trying to think of an example that's not, <laughs> not a hot topic, but, um, you know, I mean, whether it's, um, I, I mean, any, anything I, and, and maybe you can come up with, with an example yeah. of, um, something someone would assume, uh, is a belief that doesn't require faith, but well, I, I mean, I think, yeah, at, at like a very foundational level, even what you were talking about before, like I, it is true that I hold a belief that I'm not living in a simulation, right. you know? So in a way, yeah, you're right. Or I have a belief that when I sit on this chair, it's going to hold me. But I, th- I think one major difference is that all of those things you were mentioning, you know, sitting in the chair or, or the fact that I can talk to you or that you're a real person, those things are all, mm-hmm very easily testable, testable and verifiable. So obviously I can see a chair, I can touch it, I can sit down on it, I can pick it up and move it around. Whereas mm-hmm. God is invisible, you know, um, mm-hmm. and, and in my mind, there's no way to test your Christian faith. And so I guess my, my feelings about faith as a concept have shifted from faith being a virtue. Cause I, I, you know, I originally thought having a lot of faith, that's a virtue. That's something I really admired in people and really admired in, in like the founding fathers of um, Christianity and all of that. But as I've grown up out of that, I feel like I don't see faith as a virtue because in my mind, faith means that you you like don't have the ability to test something or the tests aren't conclusively proving something some way, but you're choosing to believe in spite of the lack of evidence. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it it does. Um, So, so one, one thing I'd like to to bring up about that is um, I understand what you're saying in, in a sense, I disagree though, because in your, you know, using the example of the chair and the faith and you, you can, you can obviously hold a chair, you can put some weight on it, you can feel it, you can, you can say that. Um, but, but really when we live our lives day to day, we're extrapolating things that we've, we've tested and we've experienced and making a lot of assumptions and placing faith that those types of things are going to continue. So, you know, the chair example, I'm, I'm assuming before you sat down in this chair, you didn't test it to make sure it would hold your weight. You sat down in it 
because you've sat down in thousands of chairs mm-hmm. and you haven't fallen to the ground. Yeah. Um, and, and I bet even the first time, um, you know, if you go to a restaurant, I bet you sit down in the chair without, without moving it around, looking at it, making sure that it seems structurally sound. You probably just sit right down in it because mm-hmm. that's what your experience would hold. And he, here's, here's where I'm going to probably lose a handful of listeners. Um, so, so let's take creation for example, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, my entire life experience has shown me that when things are complex, when they work well, when they're, they fit uh, perfectly together and function in, in efficient way, far beyond what I could put together, that there is intelligence and intentionality behind that design, whether we're talking about a computer or, um, or a, a bicycle or, mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, my entire life has, has taught me that. So when I look at something like a flower or I'm watching a hummingbird or something like that, there, there's, there's, I have faith that God created those things, mm-hmm. but that faith is based on, on my experiences and, and testing and, and what has proven itself to be true to the extent that, um, and, and I'm, you know, like you said, I'm no expert. I'm no scientist. I'm, I'm a simple, simple Joe. Yeah. Or nice. Simple Matt, I suppose. <laughs> uh, I'm also a dad and make dad jokes. So nice. please forgive me. Um, but, um, you know, to, to me, from my experience and what I've learned, and I'm not an expert, but I'm also not stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I put a lot of time and effort in, into analyzing things and thinking through things. Um, it seems to me more reasonable to have faith that God created everything than to have faith that there is no God. Mm-hmm. You, you know, so so just, just using that as one example, um, I think there's plenty of people that would look at that and be like, Oh, that's stupid. You have so much faith that there's a God where I would say, well, yeah, I I do have faith, but I I think it's very reasonable um, faith to have. Mm -hmm. And not only do I think it's reasonable, I I think it's more reasonable than what a lot of people are placing their faith in. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So um, I've, I can't say that I'm, I'm like a strict, cold, hard atheist where, you know, I I think for the longest time, like nature around us was a big thing that kept me in Christianity feeling like there is no way that this, that like the big bang just happened and this is all just totally random and all of that, Mm -hmm. you know? Sure. Um, But I think again, my, my thinking changed on that a bit from the two options being like creationism is true and God created the earth or, the big bang happened or, you know, or whatever, because for me right now, I think the camp I'm in, like my answer to the existence of the universe is, I don't know. And for me, that feels like a much more intellectually honest and, and, uh, it it feels like a position where I don't need to hold faith. I don't need to ignore like my senses and, and, you know, set my logic aside in any way. It just, it feels good essentially to be in the place where I'm like, I don't know. And that's okay. And to me, I think I don't know is a better answer than the Christian, the specific Christian God created the whole earth. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And I think, I think that's a very, um, 
it's a very fair intellectually placed to land. And mm-hmm. I appreciate the honesty of, of that. And I, I think it goes back to what I was saying as far as any belief requires faith mm-hmm. and, and requires some amount of faith. And it would, it would take a lot of faith for you to say that I am confident there is no God. Mm-hmm. Right. And it takes, it takes a good deal of, it, it takes a lot of faith for me to say um, that I believe uh, the God of the Bible is true and that scripture is his revelation to us. And, you know, both of those beliefs take faith. And the thing is the only, the only way that we can be honest and not apply faith to a belief is by saying, we don't know Mm -hmm. that we don't know. You know, that's, that's the only, that's the only place you can land without faith. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but here's the, here's the rub with that is that there is something that's true. You know, either there is a God or there's not a God. Um, If there is a God, either he's the God that the Bible reveals him to be, or he's something else completely. Mm -hmm. So, saying I don't know is intellectually honest and um, and doesn't require faith, but it doesn't explain what's true. Mm-hmm. Right. That's true. So, so if, if we're gonna, if we're gonna, you know, I, I think, and, and, I, and I don't even ask you because I'm positive you would admit that something is true, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. right? Either God exists or, or, he doesn't. Right. Um, and, and that that truth is objective and real for everybody. It's mm-hmm. it's not as if God can actually exist for some people and he can actually not exist for other people. Right. He either does or he doesn't. So if we're going to try to understand anything, we're going to have to apply a measure of faith. And we do our best to explore what's reasonable and what's logical and what makes sense. But at the end of the day, if we're going to hold any belief, um, we, we have to have faith in that. So, so for that reason, I, I do, I do think if we're not confident in something, it's best to just say, I don't know, because mm-hmm. we need to be honest and we need to, it, blind faith is not helpful. You yeah. know, I, I already mentioned that I'm not, I'm not, a, <laughs> I, I don't, I'm, I'm a big believer in reasonable faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but for something as big as, uh, is there a God? Is there not a God? Um, am I, am I evil? Am I good? What's going to happen when I die? Those are questions that I think are worth exploring and worth, uh, attempting. And, and I, I know that you're not saying that it's not worth exploring. Sure. I'm, not, I'm not saying that, but, but I, I think they're worth exploring and that we should be trying to come to a, a conclusion and a belief that will require faith, but is, is, uh, is a reasonable faith. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I still, I'm not totally on board with the, like the chair example of having the, having faith or mm-hmm. that, 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 that faith is related to the faith that it requires to believe in God. Um, because it, again, it, it sounds like, like you said, you're as, as confident as anything else that God mm-hmm. exists, but you have no way of testing that. And I, I think in any other area of life, if you, 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 I correct me if my, if I'm wrong, but I think in no other area of your life, would you have that level of confidence without 
any evidence like like testing or personal physical experience or interactions with the world in a very tangible concrete way you know what i mean sure and and maybe maybe it would require a greater conversation to really dig down to the depths of that but i it it's it seems to me fairly on par in the and, and i i think i understand where you're coming from because um like i guess know, I, I, yeah. I guess maybe a, a better way to put it would be like for the the chair example what what untestable quality of of the chair do i need to like kind of ignore and put my faith in to know that when i sit down on it that it's going to hold well if, if it's it's the example that um it's not that it's untestable in in that example Mm-hmm. It's that you believe it without testing it. So if you're going to sit in a chair that you've never sat in before, you're trusting that your experience with other chairs is going to hold true when you sit in that chair. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and I mean, I'm, it's fair in assuming that you don't test every chair <laughs> before <laughs> no. you sit in it. And, and I know, I know it's kind of a silly example. Well, but, but at first I would, but I, I you do. know, if well, I had never, if I had never seen a chair before, and if I hadn't experienced right. it before, then I definitely would. And that's true for, right. for anything. Yeah. If someone told me, "Hey, you know what? Actually, uh, it's like really dangerous to breathe the air. You shouldn't breathe that." I, I definitely right. wouldn't even consider yep. what they were saying unless I could test that for myself, or someone could demonstrate to me, yeah. "Here's some evidence that that's true." Right. And I'm, I'm glad you used that analogy because I think that's kind of applicable to the journey I went through when I okay. heard about you leaving the faith because mm-hmm. that's in a sense, that's you saying the air is dangerous, right? The air is, the sure. air is poisonous. Yeah, like, can use that example. yeah. Where, where I, that did cause me to take a step back and say, Oh no, is the air poisonous? Mm-hmm. You know, like, can I, can I breathe this? Yeah. And it took me on that journey through, um, you know, and, and one thing I was going to go back to the chair example is look, looking at scripture and looking at my experience through my life and what I understand and what I've um, deduced from, from everything I've experienced and thought about and seen and tested mm-hmm. it, it, it lines up. And that's what I mean about reasonableness is it seems to be to me to be the most reasonable explanation for everything I understand mm-hmm. um, that I've, I've come across. And that's, that's where I use the analogy of the chair because I think, you know, I'm, I'm taking my experience with life, the, the things I've, um, tested and analyzed and looking at what scripture, which, which by the way, we, we haven't gotten to talk about the foundational level, but obviously I'm, I've, I've built these preposite uh, presuppositions that God is revealed, that is God is real and he, he's revealed himself through scripture. So that's, that's why I go back to scripture a lot because I, mm-hmm. I believe that that is the way that God has specifically revealed himself um, to the world. Mm -hmm. And so, so that's, that's why I keep referring to, to scripture, but, um, you know, as, as I've tested the things I've experienced against scripture, it all seems to hold up. So then when there's something that I haven't experienced, I believe what scripture says about it without having to test it myself. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I still do, if it's something that can be tested, but, but there's lots of things that can't be tested. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll just put this out there briefly, which again, goes back to reasonableness. Cause I, 
I understand with, with you and where some of your listeners are coming from, some of the stuff I say probably sounds crazy. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I understand, um, I understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if you think about, so, so just imagine the hypothetical that it is true mm-hmm. that, 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 that God exists outside of us, that he's this, this infinite being that never started, never ends. He's infinite. And then he, he creates this finite creation, including mm-hmm. us. So we're finite and God's infinite. Um, in that scenario, if that were true, it would make a lot of sense that we can't test everything mm-hmm. and that we can't understand everything you know, the, the way God thinks, the way God works, God's plan. Um, and again, not that it can't be thought through and reason, but at the end of the day, if I could fully understand everything about God, everything he does, that would actually by dev- definition prove that he doesn't exist because I'm finite and he's infinite. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the reasonableness for me, because one of the, I'm sorry, I'm going down a couple different tangents. No, it's fine. I'll come back to it soon. But as I'm thinking through things and things that seem in that not only seem that that are intangible, you Mm -hmm. know, God created everything. That's Mm -hmm. that's, and that kind of gets at what you're talking about being testable. It's it's Mm -hmm. intangible. It's not in front of us. I can't go back to to it and see if it happened or didn't happen. Right. Um, One of the questions I asked myself to kind of analyze. Um, which doesn't prove or disprove something, but it, it shows whether it's reasonable or not, is what would I expect to see in my reality if this thing were true? Okay. So what would I expect, like, if, if, if God did create everything, if this were true, what would I expect to see in mm-hmm. the world around me? So, um I've actually gone so far down a tangent that I don't even remember what I was originally <laughs> talking about. So I apologize for that. Oh, that's is, right. is there anything you were asking me that I didn't answer there? Um, I don't, I don't think so. I, I don't have like, okay. I don't know if I even had a super specific question. It's just interesting sure. to talk down, talk through all these oh, things. You were, I think originally you were talking about the chair. So, you know, just, I, th- I think also a presupposition that gets people into trouble Mm-hmm is presupposing that we can understand everything. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's, there's plenty of people who don't either don't believe in the existence of God or are, you know, just un, unsure as, as you are, that would place kind of like, you know, for example, science as the highest standard, as mm-hmm. the highest truth, which, and, and don't, I mean, you know, I'm not, a denier of science, like sure. I'm not, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think it's unfair to presuppose that there's nothing outside of science and bigger than science, just, mm-hmm. just from a pure logical, reasonable standpoint. I don't, you know, to say that because we haven't, and I, I'm not saying you're saying this, but to, if one were to say that, um, that if I can't experience or test something, it therefore doesn't exist. 
I, I think is a is an unreasonable argument, which I can see also where from the other side that might seem like a cop out. Like, oh, okay, well, if you don't have an answer to a question, you can just say, oh, God's bigger than us. He doesn't understand. Yeah. I, I get that too. Um, and I get why it seems that way, but that also doesn't mean it's not true. Sure. Right? Yeah. And I would agree with that. I think that if I think it's completely reasonable and I would be as confident as anything else that there's things that we are unable to understand. I think the thing that seems unreasonable to me is to, to be so confident in something existing sure. that we can't fully understand. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and, so, and I, I, I think too, um, you know, we, we could, we could dive into a lot of that and why I, I do think it's reasonable on a case by case basis, but we, we probably don't have time for that right now. Yeah. Maybe that's <laughs> another, that's another whole of the conversation sure. in itself. Sure. Um, Cool. Let me think. What what else can we talk about? Um, could could I? Um, you know, we we were talking about the inherent evil thing. Do you mind if we touch back on that? Definitely. I just I'd like to clarify what what I believe. Scripture yeah. And teaches. are you on like a a time crunch or anything? No. Or, no, I'm okay. I'm on vacation. <laughs> okay. Nice. All right. Yeah. So, I can keep going as long if, as you want. We, so I just didn't want to keep, keep you it up. less than twelve hours. Um, <laughs> I'd like to get some. Sleep okay. Tonight, so. We'll see if we can fit it in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and here's, I'm, I'm trying to, excuse me. You know, you know one, of, one of the things about evil is, because I, I think that the way that when we were having a conversation a number of minutes ago, you, you talked about the, the baby being born inherently evil and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And I, and I think that's, um, that's a common way people um, would explain what Christians uh, believe about that. And, and if that's, if that's um, the way it's articulated, I can, I can see why there would be such backlash against that because mm-hmm. it does as, as an isolated description, it does, it does feel very uh, cold and unfair and yeah. e- even evil itself. The belief right. yeah. <laughs> is, evil you know and I, I think again talking about reasonableness so um let let's let's again pretend for a moment that it's true that god created everything mm-hmm. um that god is um fully just that that he's completely sovereign which means he's he's in control of everything that uh that it's it's god god has existed uh before creation forever and and he's god god Mm -hmm. is god right um in in this scenario if you're playing along with me Mm -hmm. um and god decides to um to create uh what what we know um as creation or or the, the world the universe as it exists um and this, um, you know, in this scenario, God, God creates in in this, this picture analogy, I'm, I'm, I've, I've heard it from other people. I didn't Mm -hmm. come up with it. So we can put that. So I'm not plagiarizing. (laughs) Um, so, so the idea that, that God, God creates, uh, creates the world and he, he creates, um, the land and the seas and he tells, 
tells the mighty waves of the ocean, stop here and go no further, and mm-hmm. they obey. And he tells the mountains, uh, build up to here and go no further, and they ab- obey. And uh, he, he creates the uh, uh, fish and all the animals of the sea and says, says go here, and they obey. And he creates um, everything else, and, and they obey. And then he creates man, and, um, and he says, uh, go here and do this. And, and man says, screw you. I'm going to do what I want to do. You can't tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I think, I think that, that idea at its core, um, the idea of man's rebellion against a sovereign God who created us, you know, call it treason, call it rebellion, call it whatever you want, I think helps us get our heads around what it means to be, um, to be evil, Mm -hmm. um, to be sinful, whatever you want to call it. Um, that, that if, if God is the creator of all things, if God in his character is the definition of what is right and wrong, and we rebel against that, there really is no higher crime, right? So when, when, um, when Adam sinned and all creation fell into chaos, um, I, I think we, we can read the story about, uh, you know, Eve eating the fruit and giving it to Adam and think, what's the big deal? Like they took mm-hmm. a bite of fruit and now we're condemned for all eternity. Mm-hmm. Like, but I think if we understand it in that context of what rebellion against God actually means, and then also understand it in the context of, um, you know, if that rebellion condemned humanity, um, as you said, I can understand why someone would look at it and feel that it's unfair um, to to be um, this idea that we're born into sin or inherently evil or mm-hmm. however you want to state it. But in addition to that, we also continue to choose rebellion against God on a daily basis. And, and again, I'm not when I say humanity or I'm, I'm not just talking about um, I'm not just talking about Hitler. I'm not just talking about uh, atheists. I'm not just talking about any single group mm-hmm. of people. I'm talking about all of us. You know, we as humanity, we rebelled against God. And we continue to choose that rebellion on a day-to-day basis. Um, I think if we try to wrap our heads around that in the scenario I proposed, if those mm-hmm. other things are true, I, I think we can get a little better idea of of what that means. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, I think so. Um, so I uh, have a few thoughts about that. One would be so. Uh, in this scenario, you know, God is all powerful and sovereign and he created us and gave us free will in a sense to be able to, to choose our own path and we can choose to follow him or we can choose to reject him. Um, and obviously there's consequences for that, which is, that's something we could talk about another time too. But so in, um, in the scenario, which, which actually, I I don't know if you want me to address it, but I, I don't completely agree with what you just said. Sure. Yeah. Um, as, as far as what I think. So I, I don't want to interrupt you, but I don't no, know I think it's important. Pivotal. Okay. Yeah. Um, I believe, and there, and there's Christians that disagree about this and I'm 
I'm not representing Christianity. <laughs> of course, of course. You, you know, I'm I'm just telling you my thoughts and what I believe the Bible teaches. Um, I I believe that Scripture teaches that because um, because you, you just kind of um, presuppose this neutral ground where we're 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 just kind of created and we can choose one of these two roads, you know, we can, mm -hmm. we can choose to follow God. We can choose to reject God. We can do what we want. Um, I believe that scripture teaches that, um, that in humanity's rebellion against God, we've, we've actually, um, we've lost even the ability in our corruption to freely, choose God without any type of outside intervention that, that I do believe that we're free to choose, mm -hmm. but I think we're also, we also choose what we want and none of us is born wanting God. None of us is born wanting to fall into submission to who God is, mm -hmm. his created order, the way he's created things to be. And I, I think the, that, that rebellion, um, has become part of our, our, our bloodline through, mm -hmm. through Adam. So I, I do, I think what scripture teaches is that um, God has to intervene for us to even have the ability to choose him, that he has to uh, draw us to, to himself. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I just, I just wanted to clarify. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that I'm on board with that. I, that, that's what I believed as well as a Christian. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I appreciate that you cleared that up. Yeah. Um, so I guess one, one major problem I have with like the justice of God um, sure. is that it, in the, let's so, so we're talking about like the, the garden of Eden and whether or not that's, that's literal is kind of besides the point. Um, but so in my mind, God created the whole universe and he created mankind, man and woman, and he put them in the garden again, not necessarily literal, literal, but just for um, the ability to kind of explain where I'm going here, put them in the garden, knowing that they were going to fail and also allowed the devil to be in the garden with them and also allowed the devil to exist for some reason and also created the punishment for people not following him knowing that people would stray from him feels so like it feels so tyrannical. It feels really evil, mm -hmm. you know, because it essentially sure. feels like God set up a system. No, let's, let's say that throughout history, 50% of people became Christians and are, are saved and are going to heaven. And I think that's probably a huge exaggeration, you know, I agree. Uh, in terms yep. of percentage wise, mm -hmm. it seems so evil to me that God would create a system, including the devil and hell and heaven and all of that, knowing that 50% of his creation would be destined to damnation. Reg regardless if they, you know, if they deserve it or not, or if they chose to rebel against God or not, he's the one who kind of set up the whole big picture. And to me, mm -hmm. that feels, it feels like that's definitely not what a loving, a loving God would do. It feels, mm -hmm. it feels a lot more evil to me. Yeah. What do you think sure. about that? Yeah, I mean, first off, I can, I, I can empathize with that line of thinking. I can mm -hmm. understand why, why people have have those thoughts. And I, I, 
there's there's probably elements of what you just brought up that I'm I'm not sure about as mm-hmm. as far as um I I couldn't give you a, a confident explanation of I I think there's a couple of things that are important to um talk about around those questions um as far as and you know what, Joe, do you mind if we just pause for a second and sure. take a side? I, I just, I'd like to say something, and this is where I've, I've really, I've really enjoyed this. And I do feel like we're just talking as friends <laughs> in our conversations. And, um, but if, if I could just address your listeners for a second, because yeah. I think, I think there's a couple important things that are, um, really crucial to say that I know that you understand. Um, and we probably don't need to say them in the context of our relationship but um but i i think it's probably good for your um your listeners to to know and and understand um so do you, do you mind if we pause and kind of do yeah do that's fine. Uh, okay totally. so, and and if you can just make a note of that question you asked to bring us back there in case yeah in case i don't remember because i do want to answer your question directly but okay um a big part um at least my perception, and you, you can, in fact, I'd, I'd be interested to, to hear if you disagree with me, because um, you probably have more, well, I, uh, you for sure have more of an inside perspective than I do. But um, as far as the, the whole um, uh, deconversion phenomenon movement, whatever, whatever you want to call it, the whole, the whole deconversion thing, mm-hmm. uh, and the, pe- the people that have um, professed Christianity and then, and then later um, you know, turned away and, and, um, I I think everyone understands what I mean by, by saying that, um, uh, it's, there's, there's definitely exceptions, but, um, one of the most common threads I've, I've, I've seen as I've, as I've heard the stories and, and heard people talk about it is, is, uh, hurt and, and pain and, um, things, uh, wounds that have been, uh, created, um, and a lot of these wounds, um, are from people who, who profess Christianity. And, um, I, I think, I think there's, um, for, for some people, again, not, not all people, but I, I do think that there's a, a good number of people who have kind of a caricature of what a Christian looks like mm-hmm. and it involves, um, it involves being very, very prideful, very, uh, very arrogant, um, very dogmatic, self-righteous, mm-hmm. um, condemning, um, judgmental, you know, um, and I, I, I wanted to take an opportunity to, to apologize to, to anyone who's been hurt by those types of, of Christians and the reason I thought about it now is because I, you know, we've talked before, Joe, where we live in an environment where it's so easy to say a certain phrase or say a couple words and get immediately categorized into a group of who you are and what you think and yeah. all that. And let, let me just say that um, there, there's no one who can faithfully follow scripture believe it the way it's intended to be believed. And, you know, the, the way I, I would say it is, is 
you know, un- understand God and who he is and who we are and have a right view of all that and be those things. Okay. Be, be prideful. Be so, so just, just to give a quick example of what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. If I believe, you know, me, Matt, if, if I believe that I was born sinful and, and even the word sins really loaded, but mm-hmm. if I believe I was born in rebellion against God and that day by day, I, ch- I continued to choose to rebel against the creator of the universe. Mm-hmm. And that, and I also believe that he, through no, through no merit or earning of my own, sent his son to die for me to forgive, not only forgive me of my sins, but to give us his righteousness so that I could be forgiven. Mm-hmm. That takes, if I really believe that and take that to heart, that takes all pride out of the equation. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I don't think that I'm better than anybody, you know, at, yeah. at, at my core and my being and who I am, I, I was born utterly sinful and I, and I still choose to rebel against God, even after he's forgiven me. And how, how awful is that? So if I look down on anybody, regardless of who it is, it's a failure on my part to understand what I actually believe. Mm -hmm. So, so I just, I, I really feel for people who have been deeply wounded by people who claim to bear the name of Christ, but have hurt them with self-righteousness and pride and judgment. I mean, a Christian judging another person is, is absurd Mm -hmm. because (laughs) in doing so we judge ourselves. We don't, we don't deserve God's forgiveness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we we don't. So so I just I want to make sure that anyone listening to any bite of this conversation understands that that's where I'm coming from, that I don't I don't and it, and I think Joe you can attest to that. You know definitely. me and Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I I you know whether we uh, agree or disagree. I I I honest I mean I don't expect anyone to listen to this podcast and go from, you know, thinking there's not a God or, or, you know, believing something contrary to what I believe thinking, Oh, Matt, that he he sounds like a nice guy. I'm going to believe that now. You know, (laughs) I I don't, I I think that's probably not, um, not a likely scenario. Um, But I, I just, I, re- I really want you to under you being the listener. I know you understand this joke, but um, I just want you to understand where I'm coming from and what my heart is behind it. Um, be- because I, I think that um, those people you encountered that have hurt you in that way um, were pr- probably one of three things. Um, there's a lot of people that claim the name of Christ that according to scripture are not Christians. Right. Mm -hmm. So they, they is, especially here in the U S there's, there's a lot of people who would say they're Christians, but according to scripture are not Christians. There's a second group of people that are Christians, but are immature in their faith. And, you know, people, when they first trust Christ tend to get really excited about all the doctrine and stuff, but not, 
not haven't really been matured and refined into understanding how low they are, um, you know, compared to other people's. Um, or thirdly, as as Christians, we we still we still rebel against God at times. We still do stupid stuff, and um, so so anyway, I number one wanted to apologize for that, and number two, um, you know, and, and I feel your pain, and it's it's real pain, and it's really hurtful, and um, it's it sucks. It's it's terrible, and it's awful, and it shouldn't happen, but but it does. Um, so number one, I wanted to make that apology. And number two, I want people to understand this conversation in the context of, of where I'm coming from. Yeah. With that. Well, I really appreciate you saying that. I think that's, that's really helpful. Um, and it, yeah, I totally, you're right. I, I know that about you completely, which is like a big reason of why I wanted to talk to you about this compared to the, you know, some of the other people who reached out to me. Um, but yeah, I'm really glad you said that. Um, and I, I think that that attitude has come through so far. So Okay, good. Yeah, hopefully it's all in the clear. Yeah. Okay. So you you were asking me in that, <laughs> I assure you that wasn't an attempt to dodge the question. Um, <laughs> you were asking about uh, the Garden of Evil and creation and, and kind of, I, I think that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the core of your question is, if God is loving, how could he set up a system for failure in essence, right? Is that, is that like, yeah. why would he do that? Why would he set us up to... Yeah. And I, um, maybe, a, maybe a little addition that would help clarify it even more is so I used to feel so thankful that for instance, God sent Jesus to come and die for yeah. me to save my sins. But on the other side, I'm like, well, I don't know if I could even feel thankful for that. Cause it's like, God is the one who made up the insane rules that for some reason, first of all, some, for some reason, someone has to die because I, like, because I sin, I don't, I'm not, mm -hmm. that rule is, you know, he decided on that. And secondly, he, he's the one who chose that it had to be his son and he knew that his son was going to come back from the dead. And so the whole sacrifice part of it feels a little bit less impactful, I think to me now, but, but mainly, yeah, I guess what you were saying before, mainly it's, it's the fact that God created hell knowing that tons and tons of people were going to end up there like outside of, their own decision, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Yep. No, and, that, and that's a great question. As, as I think I mentioned before I took the, the big detour, um, I, I think there's aspects of that that I don't have an answer to. And I, I think parts, as, as far as God, why God does what he's doing, um, there's, there's some parts of that that make sense to me, and there's, there's some parts that don't. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I can kind of answer you some of the thoughts, or I... I can speak to some of the thoughts I've had around those sure. um, topics. Um, num number one, I think so. So, so tyranny um, we associate with tyrants. I'm, I'm really good at English. Um, no, but you know, we 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 think of of human rulers who have asserted their own desires. Um, their own um, sovereignty. Um, they have set themselves up um, in a place that no right, um, no man should rightfully occupy. Right. So, um, so I I think we and and that's and that's right. It's right to think about it that way. Um, 
and I, I, I'm trying to think of the best way to, to get at what I'm getting at, but the, the reason, the reason that it's so wicked for a man to put himself in that position is because he's placing himself in the position of God. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and we, I, I think we even use that phrase sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, that, that they're, they're, they're he's playing God or whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So I think one of the things, and this, this absolutely doesn't get at all of what you're talking about, but I think one aspect of it is I think we apply that same kind of thinking to God and thinking that it applies to him when God placing himself in the place of God is actually the most right thing that God could do. Mm-hmm. So does that, does that make sense? Yeah. I that mean, makes I know, sense. Yeah. So, so I think that's one angle is that for God to, to do what he wants to do when he wants to do it, to have complete control over creation to do with what he wants, um, which doesn't get at the question of why he wants to do it, but, but just the fact that he has the right to do with his creation, whatever he wants to do is actually right and good because he is God. Yeah. I can understand the logic of that. Terrible for a human to do that because they're treating themselves as God, but God is God. Mm -hmm. And, and for, for him to do anything less would actually be bad. Yeah. Would be a terrible thing. So, so there's, that, and like I said, that obviously only gets at one um, aspect of of the question, um, but but I think it's an important one because I think that we need to realize that if again in this hypothetical that I'm that I'm right that God created everything and that He is who He says He is that he is perfectly good and right doing absolutely anything that he wants to do in that for his, his finite creation to try to judge him based on their standards is actually the opposite that it's, it's not, it's not right and, and good um, because he, he is the one who defines not, not only does he define it, as in, he says, this is the definition, but he as a person, like who he is, is the definition of good and righteousness. And that anything he does is, is good and righteous. Mm-hmm. So again, I, I don't expect that to be a satisfying answer. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's important to, to bring that out as something that the Bible teaches and something that I actually think is a really reasonable belief, because if it is true that God's infinite has always existed and he created everything, it makes a lot of sense that he can do whatever he wants with that creation. Mm-hmm. Now, as, as I've said, that doesn't get at the question of, of love and how a loving God could do that but, yeah but like I, how could you I say think, that god is good i yeah. guess yeah as the, right, the root right. of the question because I, sure. I understand that and yeah of course like if if god is god then he's this the definition of goodness you know 
Right. At least that's, you know, the way the Bible describes him. He's supposed to be the definition of goodness. So yeah, that, that makes sense that of sure. course he can do whatever he want and he has sovereignty and yeah. who are we to question that because we're like sure. down here, you know, and he's unimaginable compared to us. But yeah, I think the thing that sort of like clicked for me was that I, I feel like, well, so you, you have kids. If, mm-hmm. if your, if your kids or one of your kids were to say reject you, and say like, dad, I don't respect you anymore. I'm leaving the house and they leave the house and they start this campaign of, let's say they even start bad mouthing you and they start talking about how their childhood was so bad and, and their parents were whatever malicious and this and that. You would probably be really hurt by that and probably yeah. angry, but I would, your love for them wouldn't stop or you wouldn't, you wouldn't, for instance, vote for them to get the, get the electric chair Mm-hmm. But in the scenario I'm looking at, that's kind of what God has done. He's brought us into this world. And if we choose to reject him, we're like, we're screwed, <laughs> you know? Sure, sure. And so in, mm-hmm. in my mind, I, I see you as a way more loving father to your kids than God is to us. Like by, it's not even a comparison because you would never do that to your kids. You know, your, your anger and wrath would never pour out on them. And I feel like you would be much more likely to forgive them, even if they were actively working against you than than god does in the sense that if we reject god then we're you know uh, sent to damnation sure sure yeah and then i i definitely understand the perspective you're coming from and i don't i don't think you know i'm i i said i don't have a time limit but i i feel myself intellectually starting to wear down a little bit so we should <laughs> probably <laughs> come to a close at some point but um you know, I, I don't think I can adequately answer that question briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do understand absolutely where that um, question comes from. And I, and I think the, the answer lies within the realm of if, number one, understanding um, the, the rightness of our condemnation after rebelling against God and number two, understanding that even, um, you know, and maybe a a silly human example would be like, like treason, right? So like if an American citizen decided, you know what, screw you America, I'm going to, I'm going to work for the Chinese and, and, you know, infiltrates as, as a spy and then gets condemned for, for treason. So mm-hmm. that, that, that would be a, a silly human example of, of our rebellion against God and the rightness of our, um, the justice of our condemnation in that. And then seeing what, what God did in offering up his son, um, and, and making a way to forgive us. And like, like I said, maybe both of those things, I think probably require a good 45 minutes of yeah, conversation right. to, to, to adequately get across um, the nuances of what what I mean by those things, but mm-hmm. I, I think I, I don't I don't want to, you know, uh, I'll just give that as a brief <laughs> preview. Maybe if we get to talk uh, more about that later, yeah. and I there there's one more thing I'd like to say if you don't mind. Sure. Um, as far as God's goodness, um, you know, I was actually just talking to somebody last last week about this. Um, because I, I do one of the more common arguments against God that I hear revolves around the idea of why 
if God is good, why would he allow the evil that he allows? Mm-hmm. Which doesn't exactly get at your question, but it's in that same kind yeah. of realm. That's a, that's a question um, I have too. Yeah. Sure. And um, people, people ask that question without, I think, realizing what it would entail for God to wipe out evil because we would all be swept up in that, right? And that God's, you know, again, if, if the Bible's true, if we've rebelled against God, then his wiping out of evil would be wiping out of us mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So that obviously doesn't answer the question, but I think it sheds some light on what it actually means to ask that question yeah. as well. Cause you, cause usually what people mean is, you know, people, people dying prematurely, you know, atrocities like the Holocaust and mm-hmm. why would God allow that without realizing our crimes against God and that the elimination of evil would also eliminate us. So yeah. I, I just, I, I think, I think it's important, um, important to realize that at least um, is part of what we're asking. Yeah. And I, I don't, we don't need to go into that too much more, but I just kind of sure. wanted to highlight like sort of a theme that I feel um, I keep coming back to in my, my own thoughts sure. about all of this is that that's true. You know, that if we were to say, God, why don't you wipe out all of evil, that would include all of us, but that only includes all of us because God made me evil. You know what I mean? Like God had me born knowing that I would become a Christian and then I would fall away and re- reject him potentially. Sure. So in a way I feel like how can, how can I deserve the punishment for that? Yeah. Because God is the one who put me in this world knowing I would be evil, knowing yeah. I would do evil things, that kind of stuff, you know? And so it's, it always, to me, it always feels like a zooming out because we could talk forever about any of these single of course, issues right. and dr- drive it home, but it, it's always kind of like stepping back and, and really questioning, you know, why, why is a system like this? And it, it's great that God came and he sent his son to die for me, but also he only sent his son to die for me because he made me evil and he made the rules that if I'm sure. evil, I would have to go to hell. So like, how can I be thankful to yeah. a God who did that? It feels, it feels like, um, what's it called? Stockholm syndrome, Stockholm yeah, syndrome right. a bit. We're like our, cap- our captor. We switch to end up loving and saying, Oh, praise God. Thank you for saving us. But it's like, we're, we're thanking him for saving us from himself. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a thing I, I, I wanted to say too, when I left Christianity, I didn't, I didn't want to leave Christianity. That that was like the last thing on my mind. And I, it wasn't based on like a specific hurt I had necessarily, but I just, I felt like my faith was slipping and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I talked to friends and I probably talked to you some and I talked to elders at my church and, and, was like scraping by begging, begging, begging God to give me faith and to like bring me back to him. And I felt so crushed. Like every, every day that went by that my faith wasn't coming back or that I felt it slipping more or that something like, like these questions I'm asking now, the more that those questions bothered me, the more heartbroken I got because I felt like Mm. I, I don't want this. Like I want to be a Christian. I I love God. I want to be with God. I want to be, his like servant on the earth, what is happening. Um, but these, it's these kind of like, like system, big overview questions that are kind of like an impassable block for me now. 
And yeah. so I, I guess maybe maybe this could be a good last question to talk about. We can wrap it up. Hopefully it'll be a little less like philosophical or <laughs> too deep. <laughs> sure. um, but so for someone in my position, um, who's, like I said, I, I think I'm open-minded. I'm trying to be open-minded and open to the possibility that you're, that you're right, that God is real, that everything in the Bible is literal and it's, it's true. And it's that Jesus is the way, um, but I can't force myself to have that faith. And so where, like, what would someone like me do in my position? Sure. Sure. And, um, be- before I answer that quickly, um, sound like a politician now, right? <laughs> um, that, that question about, um, you know, the, the system, you know, mm-hmm. God creating the system and kind of o- almost the idea of like, I don't know what the clinical term is for it, but like parents that will like poison their children so that they can like save them. Like, yeah. you, you know, that like, <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. So, so I, I get, I get where you're coming from on that. And I, I think that would be a, a, that would definitely be a worthwhile discussion to have, obviously like not right now, but mm-hmm. um, uh, because I, I can see why people would understand it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I also think that that's a big misunderstanding. I mean, obviously, if I didn't think that was a misunderstanding, I probably mm-hmm. wouldn't be a Christian. But uh, but I, I would like to talk more about that with you later, whether it's, you know, I don't care if it's on a podcast or, or personally. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but we should start with that question because it'll probably be a long conversation. <laughs> right. um, it's, okay, so your question now was um, what uh, what what so so basically you're asking if someone and and tell me if this is what you're asking or not if if someone either wants to believe in god wants to follow god wants to have faith or feels like well hey maybe it's true and if it is i want that um what do you do with that is is that basically your your question yeah, and I can maybe okay. add one sentence to just clear it up that I I feel like I I intellectually can't like force myself to have faith or if I if I right. did say, you know, I, I'm going to believe in God, I, I would be very conscious of the fact that I'm like choosing despite my my intuition to believe in God. So that sure. that doesn't feel great. And then the other side is I've been like asking God and praying to God to give me faith and it seems like nothing's happening. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's just to clear that up. But yeah, what you said is basically yeah. spot on. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So, um, cause I don't want to just be screwed. You know, I don't want to be like, well, yeah. well, you just have to go to hell now. You know, like I, that, I, that sucks. I, I don't want you, you know. to be screwed either. Joe. <laughs> I don't want anybody to be, um, so, so a couple, a couple things about that. Um, well, well, here's, here's the short answer. I'm sure it'll sound silly to a lot of, a lot of your listeners, but if, if there's, if there's someone who truly, um, you know, as, as I said that, um, you know, I think that scripture teaches that the, that, that God, um, it, it takes God reworking our heart to even want him or, or follow him. So number one, I, I believe that if, if you are having that desire that and, and again not just not just oh you know i think god will make my life better or what mm-hmm. you know there's there's plenty of th- other things to chase after but if if you truly find yourself desiring to to 
to know God and who he is and follow him. That's, that's God already working in your heart. Um, uh, again, what, what I believe. Um, so as, as far as what to do, I, I think, I think praying that, that God would give you faith. And I, and I understand, understand you, Joe, that, that it, it sounds like that, that was a big part of the mm-hmm. process. And as you were walking away and not wanting to walk away, that, that was a big, um, big prayer. And mm-hmm. as, as I, I hope I've done justice to on this podcast, I don't, I don't claim to know everything. I don't claim to understand everything, the mind of God, why he does what he does. Uh, some of it makes sense to me and some of it, I I'm just not sure, but, mm-hmm. um, I, I think, I think praying that, that God would, um, would enable us to, uh, to trust him, that he would reveal himself to us and, and draw our hearts, uh, to him. And the, the Bible calls us to, um, you know, it's another loaded word, but uses the word repent, which, which very simply means to, to turn away from our rebellion against God mm-hmm. and es- essentially to, um, come, come to God and say, I, I don't, I've rebelled against you. I've, I've, I've wanted to do things my own way. I've, I've trusted in myself rather than you and, uh, to, to, to give that up and, and to turn to him. And that's, that's the picture that, that the Bible paints of, of faith and says that when we do that, when we trust Christ for our forgiveness, that, uh, that he will forgive us, that he'll, that he took the burden for our sins on the cross and that, um, that he gave us his righteousness through the righteous life that, that he lived, that we were called to live as, as humans. So I guess to, to succinctly answer your question is, is to pray for faith and to, to trust Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I believe that scripture teaches that, uh, kind of, kind of two aspects, um, and, and give me a chance to explain this because mm-hmm. I think it's important, but, um, two, two things. Number one, that all who God calls will come to him. And number two, that he won't turn away any who come to him, that the, the scripture teaches that there's not going to be anyone who, who, um, who wants God, who wants, wants to follow him, that God's like, well, I don't care. Screw you. You know, um, and that there's, um, yeah. So, so there's, there's that. And I, I think that, um, oh shoot, there was a second side that I was going to, I'm, I'm starting to lose my train of thought. Turn, turn into a long conversation. I know. Okay. It feels like it, there's it's, so it's, much more we could have talked about too. Oh, there we, so fast. I mean, we could, we could do this weekly for years. Yeah, I, think. I know. Um, and I, I just hope that in my brief covering of topics that I'm, I'm doing some justice to what I think. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. hard with the short time frame and short sure. capacity, but, um, Oh, so that because you were asking what, what do you do? So I, I think I believe, and, and I'm, this probably raises questions for you, Joe, and it, mm-hmm. it raises some questions for me regarding you too. And maybe that's something we can talk about at another time. But, but I believe that if, if you want God, he's not going to turn you away. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't, I don't believe there's, um, going to be people 
who are condemned that really wanted God, really wanted forgiveness, really wanted to turn from their rebellion. And God just said, man, no, not you. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I believe scripture is clear about that. So, so I, I would just, just say, like I said, pray, pray for faith and, and trust Christ in the way that I explained. Yeah. That's why one uh, thought about that. And I, I like, don't take offense to this at all, but um, I f- feel like those are the things that I was doing, mm-hmm. you know? And like I said, I, it, I definitely did not set out to be an atheist or like have any anger right. towards God. I just feel like it just happened, you know? Um, yep. And so it, it is hard to hear, like hard to hear you say that. And I know those scriptures too. So I'm not, it's not new to me, but it's hard to hear you yeah. say, you know, like in an yeah. essence, you need to ask God. And like, if your heart's really pure or if you are truly seeking him with your whole heart, then he'll reveal himself to you because that's, that's what I felt for years was that I was trying, 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 repenting, repenting, begging God to help me to live a more holy life, help, help me to repent, help me to have more faith, help me to decrease so that he must increase for years and years. It felt like, and until I just literally couldn't do it anymore, you know, it just right. ran out of steam and was depressed and it, it feels more than anything. It feels like God just abandoned me and that the scriptures yeah. that I was so, so like, holding clinging onto so dearly that that god would never keep the door shut if for he who knocks you know that kind of stuff right and it just it feels like to me and i know a lot of people listening that that just is objectively not true in my own experience that like i was as pure as i possibly could be and i was as humble as i could be and was fasting sure. and praying and begging god and and it feels like the door was just shut in your face you know yeah. So it's, yeah, it's hard. No, it's hard to come up yeah. on that stuff. Cause it's like, I know that's what the scripture says. And I know that's kind of what the Christian faith requires you to, to believe in, but in practice, I've had a very different experience than that. And so then that clashing of like, this is what happened in real life. And this is what I'm holding in my beliefs. That clash just eventually becomes way too much to bear and you need to do something. And I think some yeah. people either, kind of try to drop their doubts and and ignore that inner voice that's maybe telling them, Hey, there's something wrong here. And they, you know, recommit themselves to God. And I think another sect of us, like what I did was just, I I just couldn't, I couldn't maintain it anymore, you know, sure. And had to just, had to just step back. Um, so yeah, yeah. It's a little hard to hear that. I understand where you're coming from, but, um, yeah. 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 And I, and I, you know, and and I, I was thinking about you too, while I was, talking and Mm -hmm. um and that's i i think it would be helpful to um to have another whole conversation about that again not not so i can point out what you did right and wrong and you know not not at all but um i i think just um understanding more about that and you know that's that's a hard that that's a hard thing for sure and Mm -hmm. i just i want to clarify too what what i said i don't as far as, you know, you mentioned like, uh, not, not being, I, I forgot the exact words you used, but like not being genuine enough or not being pure enough or, mm-hmm. or not having enough faith or, you know, the kind of the idea that, um, like what, am, what am I doing wrong? I, I don't, um, it's, it's not about seeking God with, 
uh, a certain percentage of purity of, <laughs> of like, you, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I don't, I don't, when, when you're talking, it, it's, it's not as if, man, you were at like 80%. If you just would have been at 85, <laughs> like it would have worked. Yeah. You know, scripture is also really clear that there's nothing we can do to earn or merit salvation or, or God's favor. Um, and I, I don't, um, I, I don't, I don't think it's a matter of you functionally didn't, um, take the right steps at the mm-hmm. right percentages. You know, it's, it's not as if there's like a, a chemical equation to <laughs> getting things right. You know, and yeah. I, I think, I think if that's, uh, I think that would be an interesting conversation to, to talk through and, and, you know, just, just to delve into, uh, delve into more, but, but I'm definitely, I'm definitely, I'm definitely sensitive to that. And, and, you know, I, I just want to say that. Yeah, no, I appreciate I, that. I yeah. Yeah. I think I, f- I feel like it's helpful to have these conversations because I think a lot of times when somebody leaves the faith, it obviously creates some sort of divide and it's hard to relate to someone in the same way if your worldviews at one point were very in sync and now they're vastly different. So I I think it's Mm -hmm. helpful to have these conversations and it's cool to hear your perspective and I'm glad I'm able to share my perspective as well. And, um, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I feel, I feel understood by you for the most part and that's really Mm -hmm. good. I hope, I hope you feel the same that I'm like really getting what you're saying and and tracking. I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons I love talking with you so much about these things is because it's, it's, it's really good learning and hearing your perspective. And I also, I, you know, so, so many people, whether it's religion or politics or any hot button issue, people get so sensitive when you poke the wrong button yeah. and it's impossible to have any kind of helpful dialogue. Cause many, many times I actually, I just want to understand where someone's coming from, mm-hmm. but we can't have a conversation about whatever, it is, but I've never felt that way with you. I yeah. feel like we can, we can talk and I can gain uh, another perspective. So I, I really appreciate that about you. And, awesome. and I, feel and I feel, lis- I feel listened to and understood as well. I know that you're not just plotting your next <laughs> thing you want to say while I'm talking, you're, yeah. you're really listening. So yeah, I, I appreciate good. you, Joe. You're a good friend. Yeah. You too, Matt. Cool. All right. Well, let's wrap up there. And I feel like like I said, we have so many more things we can talk to and I'm sure we'll talk sure. whether it's on here or just as friends anyways, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yep. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. Thanks yeah, for having too. me on. Definitely.